One of the great things about Las Vegas is how close we are to magnificent national parks and recreation areas. But the secret, it's out. Since the pandemic, we've seen so much more crowding outdoors. Tens of millions of people visit nearby public areas, resulting in long lines of cars, packed parking lots, and sold-out signs at Entrebus. So is it good more people are getting outdoors, or has popularity ruined it for everyone? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we bring back Berta Gutierrez of the Conservation Lands Foundation to help us figure out this issue and also how to be good stewards when we do make it to these magnificent spaces. It's Tuesday, November 14th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Berta, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you for having me. I'm like an unofficial co-host now. <laughs> you are. Um, and it's always a pleasure to have you because you have such a passion for the outdoors. And I want to ask you, are our natural spaces around Las Vegas have been getting more and more crowded, more crowded than ever. And I understand that the Conservation Lands Foundation wants to get more people out there. Okay, what's up with that? So we want people outside. We want people enjoying the outdoors. We all need nature, but we want to make sure that people know how to visit these wonderful places. Um, there's a little bit of a difference between national conservation lands and national parks. Um, you know, when you go to Zion, there's a fee booth, there's a visitor center, there's paved trails. Well, the national conservation lands are very different. Most of the time, you will not find a visitor center. You will not find trail maps. You will not find signs. And many times, you won't even find cell phone signals. So we want, as the pandemic, you mentioned, so many more people are outside. And when people go into these national parks and they find the long lines to get in, they've right. been going into, okay, what else can we visit instead of uh, visiting this park today. And that's where people have found the national conservation lands. But they go unprepared, right? Like they go thinking that they all expect the same thing and it's a different type of experience. So we have just launched a campaign with a cute little pebble that is really telling people how to visit. Um, to really bring the awareness of like how to visit this landscape, what to expect, how to go prepare so that your visit can be enjoyable um, and you can still get everything out of it that you wanted. I, I do wonder what some of the unintended consequences of having so many people out in nature is, you know? What are the stories you've been hearing from your friends over at the BLM, the rangers and volunteer groups about the crowds? Well, some of the unintended consequences are usually bad for the land. Um, you, you, so you see more trash out or you see um, people going off of the trail and then just like, you know, once you have too many people going outside of the trail, you can start like really degrading the landscape. Earlier this year in the, I think it was the spring, there was a couple 
uh, that went out on a backcountry drive here in Nevada, and they got stuck, and unfortunately, they passed away. So it was a, a rescue mm. mission yeah. um, to really find them. But and we really want to prevent that. We want people to go and enjoy the landscapes, but know what they're getting into. So many places in Nevada are so remote that you may have a gas station that is just a hundred miles away, right? So if you don't have enough gas, are you gonna? Get You're out screwed. Of- <laughs> you yes. Know? Yeah. Right. Or, or if you didn't bring enough food, thinking that there was gonna be a little store, and then you get there and there's nothing. Um, or if you didn't bring enough water. I have rescued somebody <laughs> before, actually, at Red Rock Canyon. Uh, they were out running on the loop, on the scenic loop, and it was September. And, you know, September in other places in the country yeah. is already fall. But we're very deceptive here with September. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. September for us is still very much summer. And I encountered this runner one time. Um, he was like, do you have any water? or something to eat. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I I travel with a tiny little first aid kit. So I did have, um, I had water, I had plenty of water, but I also had um, electrolytes. So I was like, here, yes, have some, have, have some life water. But that, that kind of thing happens all the time. I've got like a concern here. So we've got more and more crowded outdoor spaces. We've We're going to have unprepared people showing up for sure. And when they see these lines and things, they do go to these more, let's say, rugged places, right? Mm -hmm. So I I, I don't like that the answer is limit people's access to the outdoors everywhere. Uh, You know, Red Rock has their system in place that I do think discourages people. I, I once made the mistake of not having a reservation, drove up there, and then just kept on going. But what about the people who have never been? I mean, shouldn't people get a shot? Uh, ahead of like the repeat customers? I think, and this is a bigger conversation and a more, I think it's more complex because I think that limiting uh, visitation is good for the landscape sometimes. And this is a complicated, it's a complicated topic uh, because I think if we're doing, if we're limiting visitation for the wellness of the landscape and for really allowing a uh, an enjoyable visit for the people that go that way you're not shuffling through the trail the, but what are we doing to balance that out like how are we make sure making sure that people know how to do a reservation that people mm-hmm. um are able you know like there's a balance that has to happen i mean some of these this uh limits on visitation there's a lot of unintended consequences and we know that uh, to be able to like really prepare people to visit different kind of areas more remote kind of areas which people are doing you know people are already going so this campaign specifically is to really help them to be more prepared to visit those areas i just want to make sure you don't want to see fee booths at places like aviquame no, right. Like we want to have these places. And I think that's the, the, the reason, another part of like the need for this campaign. We want to, we want these places to continue being beautiful for future generations, right?
Berta, I'm, I, I have like an ulterior motive. Uh, I, all this is super duper important, but I have seen your campaign. And the real reason I wanted to talk to you, I mean, all this other stuff about nature is very important, but I need to talk to you about Spokes Pebble. Tell me. I love Spokes Pebble. First of all, I'm going to play it for listeners. Listen to just a few seconds of this instant darling who I love with all my heart. These days, the weather really changes. As I was saying, the weather really changes mighty fast. So be ready for anything on public lands. Respect, connect, protect the national conservation lands. Learn more at respectconnectprotect.org. All right, seriously, B, I am in love with Spokes Pebble. Tell me everything about how Spokes Pebble came to be and how people are reacting to it. So cute. So, first of all, we have the need, right? Like we we know that we need to uh, get people's attention on like how to visit these wonderful landscapes and help us care for them for our future generations. So we were like, how the heck are we gonna get through to people? And all the noise exactly there's just so much out there and we also don't want to be preachy and so we tested out a lot of different ideas and somebody shut down my idea of having a little cat <laughs> being the, the uh the a really outdoor cat exactly <laughs> Talk about. i was like let's do an outdoor cat well let's no. be real i have never seen a cat on the trails I, well, that's because they're a little hard to do that. I tr- I've tried with my cat and it hasn't been possible. But Okay, you, so the cat got you know, mixed. Um, exactly. And- but then what happens, right? Like you see pebbles everywhere. So we're like, oh, this little pebble already lives out there. And it, it can be like the spokes pebble, <laughs> the spokes person. And we were like, oh, spokes pebble. Um, so this came came to be like that. We know that younger generations are going to be attracted to that kind of messenger, you know, something that is like your little pal. Um, And we do want to like target younger people, the people that are like discovering these places now. All right. We're going to get Spokes Pebble on to do like a full length interview. And I'm going to do some serious lawyering cross-examination of Spokes Pebble. I want to know Spokes Pebble's background. No, I would be totally super nice. Um, do, Do you have a name for Spokes Pebble? Have has anyone thought of giving Spokes Pebble like an actual first name? No, Spokes Pebble is just Spokes Pebble, you know, because the rock was busy. <laughs> the rock was used, and on social media, which is excellent. I'd rather Spokes Pebble come up on my feed than like ninety nine percent of the stuff that does pop up. But speaking of social media, B, um, look, we we all have our secret spots out in nature that we love, but when you find those gems popping up on like Instagram and they have like 50,000 likes. I, I do have mixed feelings about it. I, shouldn't I know, we be keeping too. quiet about the whole thing to protect it from things like overcrowding? I think I, I do have mixed feelings too, but I think visitation is going to happen anyways. I recently, you know, that happens every year with the flowers. You know, if there's a In Death Valley? Group, Everywhere. Uh, Like we had a super bloom. I found a super bloom near uh, in Abiquame this year. And I I didn't even know. I went, I just happened to be out there in May and I found myself in 
a sea of flowers. I am really bad at social media, so I ended up not posting it. So it was good, <laughs> but that was totally something that I would have posted. But I think, I think, pe- I think visitation is gonna happen anyways. So I think like the best thing is to really educate, you know, each other and like really like learn how to visit the areas. Because I do want people to visit. I just want them to visit right. You know, we want them to visit with respect and we want them to mm-hmm. visit um, in a manner that they'll like seek to connect with the, with the area and learn about the history of the places and the connections, the cultural connections that exist. Because every place that gets designated as a national park, as a national conservation area or a national monument, there's a big why that place is special. And I think that is just something very rich that is very unique to America. Yeah. B, what's your advice to people who love nature but just hate those crowds and the weights? Well, one is to like really visit the National Conservation Lands. Just go prepared, go well prepared. Um, the National Conservation Lands, we in Southern Nevada, we are surrounded by them. We have Sloan Canyon, we have Red Rock Canyon, which is really well visited. Uh, we have Aviqua Maze, or newest monument. We have Gold Butte just north of us, Gold Butte National Monument. Um, and I think a great way to kind of start you out on that would be to reach out to organizations that exist that are taking place uh, care of the places. So you can reach out to Friends of Sloan Canyon and see when their next volunteer event is going to be mm. and really get some insider knowledge from them. Or Friends of Gold Butte, you know, they host hikes and they take people out there. So I think that is one of the ways that I would do it. Another thing is that you can also just go into your local parks. Um, we have so many wonderful parks in Southern Nevada. Yeah, so, let's not forget our local parks and trails, too. That's yeah. a really good point. Because, I mean, I, I could spend a day at Wetlands. It's amazing. Or yes. I can go to sunset if there's an event especially and it's great and it is being outside so okay good good options let's not forget them that's how i first connected to nature i would come home this is in el salvador (laughs) a little further a little far away from southern nevada but i would come home from school and then i would spend my afternoons outside in my in my local park so i think local parks are super important we haven't talked about this but many times that is the only green spaces that people get access to a lot of the campaigns that i work on are to increase access to nature to increase access uh, for for people that may not have that that's also very important because that can be the only connection that a kid have has to the outdoors. Why is that increased access so important to you, B? Um, so when I first moved to the States, I, I, I told you I used to spend a lot of time outside when I was a kid. So I grew up just really out in nature, falling around, getting all scraped up. Um, and when I moved to the States, I, it was a long transition of like, I needed to learn the culture and the language and how to move around in this new place. So like going outside on a regular basis kind of like fell down in the list of priorities. And I found myself like having a really hard time finding, like feeling like I belonged 
in the community, in the state, you know, in the place where I was. And it wasn't until a, a few years later that I started to go outside and hiking and I discovered some state parks where I lived before that I kind of like reconnected to something in myself by just spending time outside. And I realized that that's what it was missing. That mm. while I was having trouble, like really finding my place of with, uh, with the community, like the land completely embraced me, right? Like I find, I, like I felt like I belonged. So I think that is something that we all need. And we all experience things and, you know, we, we can experience this in a different way. So the how we connect to the outdoors can be different. You can go and have a picnic with your family or just sit outside in nature or hike like I do or just go for little walks. But I think that time in nature is very needed on a, on a very, like, human level. Um, so that's why it's important to me. It's important to me that everybody has access and access to the information to go outside, including newcomers like me. <laughs> Berta Gutierrez, thank you so much for joining us here on CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you so much for having me. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, hey, go tell a friend. Rate the show. Leave us a review. We love those reviews. Read them all and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky. I love it when um, it's like, hello, peoples. Wait, do you do the voice? Who does no, the voice? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know who does the voice, but they do a good job. Maybe, maybe I can do the Spanish one. Maybe I can be the little spokespiedrita at some point. Oh, my God. Too much.